you know, for all the talk and how kind of messed up the world is nowadays, if you really want to affect change, do this one thing. Raise and love your family according to the word of God. Mm. You want to start a revolution? Love your family well. <laughs> Fathers, mothers, whoever, love your family well. Mm. And I, we're, we're staking our whole ministry on yeah. that truth, that if we can just enliven the hearts. Stay at your post, yes. Stay at your post. Enliven the hearts of husbands and wives, of mothers and fathers, and even children. Yeah. If we can show them what it means to just live according to the Word of God faithfully, day in and day out, it will not just be for some moral therapy so we mm. feel better about ourselves. Mm. No, it will affect real change in the real world among the lives and hearts and minds of real people. So we're going to talk about that today. See you on the other side. So there's a quote by C.R. Wiley. He wrote a book called... The Household and the... War for the Cosmos. War for the Cosmos. As the household goes, so go all the other institutions of society. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, we always say, and this is largely inspired by by Wiley's writing, is... um, the home is the forge yeah. for society, right? That's where tomorrow's heroes mm-hmm. are being born and raised, right. are in the home. And you think about the people who are going to change our society, here's the key, for the better or the worse, are going to be raised in today's homes. Yeah. What are we doing yeah, as, <laughs> as Christian people yeah. to live according to the word of God, according to the commands he's given us as parents and as husbands and wives to be a part of what God is doing and to be right. faithful knowing full well that the seeds that we plant will maybe bloom long after we're dead. And here's the key. That's okay. Mm. That's okay. We don't have to see the fruit of all of our faithfulness today because the Lord is forever faithful. And this life is not our ultimate life. Mm. A lot of stuff buried in that. So praise God. We're going to talk about that a lot today. (laughs) Before we do that, um, you've just heard kind of in a nutshell what the whole purpose of this ministry is the fierce family or fierce families if you're watching on youtube you're looking at our new youtube channel if you're listening to the fierce parenting podcast welcome uh if you want to be a part of that you can do two really easy tangible things you can smash that like button uh, if you're on youtube if you're listening uh subscribe rate review to the podcast mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast that's the first thing the second thing is you can join arms with us we want to renormalize the christian vision mm-hmm. for the household that's what, that's the burden God has placed on the Frederick Hart. Frederick Hearts, I should say. And we, so are if, we are one. We are one. Go listen to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. <laughs> if you want to be a part of that, and that enlivens your mm. heart down to the, the guts, <laughs> hearts and guts and all that, just go to fierceparenting.com slash partner, and you'll find some options there. Yeah. Uh, this is what we spend our, our hours doing. So thank you in advance for considering that. All right, so where, where we're we? going to just unpack kind of that quote and talk about the cultural narrative mm. and how we as parents can really combat that on a daily basis. Mm. I don't, I mean, I guess it's always been kind of a sparking a revolution, living according to God's word. It's always been sort of radical, but it feels like it's getting more radical as the shifts in the, in the cultural water changes, like the temperature of yeah. it changes, right? If you really live it out. If you really live out what scripture says, all your Christian family members and friends will say, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and we may not have changed anything. We might be the same. We're still reading the Bible, still praying with our kids. <laughs> Nothing's really changed. And yeah. somehow it becomes the darkness, the darker the darkness becomes, the brighter the light is. 
is, I suppose. And so here at Fierce Parenting, we are all about three things. I know you don't want to always say it, but I always love hearing it. So just make it snappy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Do you, can you say all three of them? I can try. All right. Children are a blessing. Family is God's idea. And all parenting is discipleship. All parenting is discipleship. Good. All parenting is discipleship. I just think those should be said every time. So I will probably bring them up every time we talk. So this, this kind of episode is based on that second Mm -hmm. tenet, which is family is God's idea. That this idea that a husband and a wife should stay together for life, that we should, well, that's counterculture. Back off, Ryan. You're being a little (laughs) radical now. Husband and wife, male, female, should be together for life, monogamous marriage, Mm -hmm. and they should be bearing children and raising those children in the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's not just some, I don't know, Christian idea that was developed over the last no, 1800 years. this is God's years design, or, God's purpose. This is something that's in scripture and it was in the scriptures long before <laughs> Christ even stepped onto planet earth mm-hmm. as, you know, as Jesus. I'm going to read a quote. I'm going to read a quote real quick. Okay. Uh, out of this book that he's a little controversial. I haven't finished it yet. I do. We do follow the Wilsons over. You know what? It's because he takes the Bible seriously. Press. <laughs> That's why he's <laughs> it's controversial. Because it's this book. Uh, I don't know if you can see it. I'll hold it for there for a minute. But if you're listening, it's called Why Children Matter by Douglas Wilson. <laughs> family is a divinely ordained community. The institution of the family consisting of one man, one woman, and their children was created by God, not by people. It is not an arbitrary collection of individuals, and it is not something that mere creatures get to define. There's more of that, but I'm going to leave it right there. And he also goes on to say, marriage was established by God at the very beginning of the world. It is not going anywhere anytime soon. You should read the next sentence, though, on that first page. Really? Because it talks, yeah. Okay. Just quickly. Congress can no more vote on what the family is than they can vote on whether gravity exists or not. It is possible Congress could decree that water flow uphill, but no matter how hard they vote, they cannot change what God has previously done. That to me is the is the powerful part of it, is that <laughs> we don't get to undo something that God has created. You can't just say gravity no more. <laughs> you can't do it unless you're crazy. Wait. You can't yeah. do it. No, no, you can no. try to do it. And if you do try to do it, the more you try, the harder you try, the crazier you become. Right. The idea of family is, is Wilson is saying, and I tend to agree, it's as hardwired into the very fabric of nature, into the very fabric of yeah. humanity. And it's as hardwired as gravity is. This idea that family is something that is solid and worth fighting for. Well, it's and a it's pathway fixed. to flourishing, right? There's, these, yeah. there's the purposes that mm. God's given. It's not just an idea to populate the earth, right? There's yeah. so many deep purposes for why family exists, reflecting God, being fruitful, subduing mm. the earth, stewarding the earth. Uh, and not just the nuclear home too, multi-generational yes. families as well. The last 50, 60, 70 years have really given rise to the nuclear home, mm-hmm. the idea of the nuclear home. Some of that should be maybe jettisoned in the in favor of multi-generational living as a as a family it doesn't mean you have you know everyone under one roof necessarily the lord knows that there are plenty of cultures that that's how they yeah. live and it's and it's fine point is, is i just want to make that clear it's not just mother father kids it's there are multi mm-hmm. multiple generations i think that could absolutely coexist as a family absolutely. it's a beautiful thing and even if you're not living sorry even if you're not you're, living under the same roof you can still live in close proximity and those grandparents can have a lot to do with still speaking into the life of the parents and the life of the grandchildren. Absolutely. It's a wonderful thing. And I think the I think the part that brings me hope about this quote and about what C.R. Wiley says even as well is that even though we're seeing the disintegration 
and the deconstruction of the home within culture, the deconstruction of, Mm -hmm. you know, gender and fluid, the gender fluidity conversation. We're seeing these pieces trying to be taken apart. But ultimately, like he's saying, marriage is not going anywhere. The family idea is not going anywhere. And for me as a believer, that gives me hope. That gives me, um, I guess, confirmation too, that again, God created it. It is something that we as humans cannot undo. And I can trust that and I can live that out knowing that, again, like you said, we may not see the fruit here and now, but we can plant the seeds and God does the growing. We can water mm. it. But God, again, he provides the growth. He does the flourishing. He He produces. And so you were saying that as the family, so this quote about as the family disintegrates, churches dissipate. You said something along these lines. Yeah, so this what is- What do you mean by that? These thoughts are coming from an Instagram post that I don't know, I, I wrote about a year ago. And so this is something we've been mulling around yeah. many times. And that's one of the things that we're going to continue to unpack that idea is as family disintegrates, not just disintegrates, but disintegrates. It becomes, it was one whole, now it's becoming it's disintegrated part. parts. Yeah. Um, churches begin to dissipate. And I think the various components of society begin to degrade. They may not dissipate in the same way, but they will degrade and Mm -hmm. it will generally not go well. Um, And so how is the family disintegrating? And again, make the distinction disintegrating, not just disintegrating into oblivion, but becoming smaller parts of Mm -hmm. a once greater whole. Um, I think the the number one thing is this, um, how do I say this? It's, well, really, the the misdefinition of love and the misdefinition of marriage. False definition, maybe? Okay, that's probably a better way to say it. A false definition of love and marriage, and namely... False the, interpretation, sorry. The proliferation of divorce. <laughs> the source over here. Yeah. So intact households are getting harder and harder to find. Right. Um, if you do kind of a, a matrix and you look at what, what are the percentages of people who are growing up in some experiencing some blended family in in, in one capacity mm-hmm. or another. I don't know the exact statistics, but it's going to be the majority of people. I want to say the statistics for non-Christian marriages um, are the 50% end in divorce. Um, some would say the same statistic is, statistic is true for Christian marriages, although I would contend that those poll, the poll data tends to be skewed because people, it's a lot easier to check a box that says Christian Right. Even though you don't live that way. Right. Um, but if you look at people based on like church attendance, Bible reading, you know, those sorts of things, the, it Fruit. tends to <laughs> have a lot fewer divorces in that demographic. Yeah. But if you think about just 50%, say we take that that number for, for granted, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Then just based on the fact that, that half the marriages end in divorce, then there's a good chance that I would say 75% of all future marriages will have one spouse who is either coming from a broken home hmm. or... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or they are in themselves a broken home. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so now brokenness happens, divorce happens, but the the trouble is, and divorce is bad. I, I want to be clear about that. The trouble is, is that it's normalized mm-hmm. and that it's, it's no, it's from a structural, from a societal standpoint, there's really no incentive to not get a divorce. Okay. That's the first way. That's probably too much on that. <laughs> um, the second way you mentioned gender gender fluidity, gender um, dysphoria mm-hmm. is kind of the clinical term for it. This idea that your gender is completely separate from your physicality, your, physicality, yeah. your body, your sexuality. That is the result of um, 
ideologies coming down all the way from the 40s and 50s, namely second and third wave feminism, and how they have uh, sought to um, append or, uh, I guess, remove the foundation mm. of traditional gender norms. First wave feminism, I thought, was really positive, right? Because there were some rights that women needed that they were being unjustly withheld from mm-hmm. these women. That's great. You know, women should vote. They should be part of society. Mm-hmm. They have equal value, worth, and importance. Yes, that's all biblical. And finally, society caught up to the biblical norm. But beyond that, you start taking away the foundations of what it means to be a man, mm. what it means to be a man who's responsible for other souls, for mm. other lives. You start taking away what it means to be a woman. Now, anyone can be a woman as long as they just say so, or anyone can be a man if they just say so. There's no intrinsic nature to being a man or a woman. That right. is... That's the cultural narr- narrative. That's the cultural narrative. And that that d- dis- is disintegrating the family. Now, there's no real need for a, for a mother and a father. Why not two moms? Or why not two dads? Or why not... That's all fine because it's all just arbitrary. and it's. But instead, they're taking it apart bit by bit. Um, and so as a result, you get unstable homes you, you the statistics show that if a if a child grows and maybe i can find these and i can post them in the comments here yeah but if a child grows up in a home that has one father and one mother and that those father and the mother are in unity and they're they're in, they're they're acting out love that child has all the markers, biblical love <laughs> biblical love all that child has all the markers of a flourishing life mm. it, statistically speaking there's exceptions but they will generally go on to um live a longer life they'll generally go on to have uh, a better income they'll generally go on to have better relationships themselves they'll generally go on to just to have a higher hmm. you know educational trajectory <laughs> what else yeah they will flourish yeah by all okay the question was is how do the churches dissipate well churches are built on families that's just the nature of it churches are built on households mm-hmm. that's how it was in the first century that's how it kind of continues to be yeah and so if, if the family is falling apart, it makes sense and it follows that the church would fall apart because it's really the the basis of order is going to be the, the family right. unit, multi-generational right. and nuclear. Yeah. Well, and you said um, that thankfully God's design and desire for his church, the big C, cannot be ruined. But when it comes to church's little C, where God's design for our family is twisted and distorted, like you've been telling mm-hmm. us, uh, and disregarded, the mission tends to follow suit, right? That it, it's it's being warped. This idea of family is warped uh, away from the true gospel, which then leads to the disintegration or the dissipation, excuse me, of the church because it's no longer based on families that are following God's word, that are living out. If, if those pieces mm-hmm. are falling away, then we're not going to have a solid church however the church also does thrive in the midst of persecution and i don't know that dissipation is equal, equal with persecution but I'm, i would say it's say close it like i'll say it this way that the the world could be burning around and the church will be flourishing because the yes. church is not okay but That's what, what, I say. what where the trouble happens is where that church somehow imbibes a wrong narrative around the family right and so that family that that then that church tends to. I'm not saying that that the 501c3 will dis, right. will, you know, all of a sudden disappear and that church will just organization will go away. What I mean is that f- the faithfulness of that church will fade away. Mm, okay. okay. And so typically that they'll they'll lean toward doctrines that aren't biblical, right. that aren't orthodox, that aren't true, and so effectively that church has dissipated. Gotcha. Um. So you have okay. The next piece here is. 
as the family is deconstructed. So we've talked about the dis- this already a little bit. Disintegration, right. And as the family is deconstructed, society crumbles. I don't know. What do you think about that? I've already talked. I've already spoken a lot. So. <laughs> well, what is it? In, in all the books, First Kings and Second Kings, whenever a new king takes over, it's like he found favor or he obeyed the things of God. And then the next king is like he disregarded the things of God and, and yeah. you know, did, went his own evil way. And it just follows, it continually follows the suit of like obedience to God's word leads to flourishing. Disobedience leads to death. For the wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life. And so how are we, hmm. how, is, how is sin breaking our families apart? How is society crumbling? If we look ahead with, without the gospel, that's all we can see is, is darkness, brokenness, hmm. crumbling. Yeah, we were just talking about this when we were preparing is, you know, by the year 20, 2100, the projections are that the world populace will have decreased by some massive amount. Like mm-hmm. I'll say, I thought it was 50%. I think it's 50% for just some countries. Okay. Uh, but it's 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 a massive amount. And the implications of that for our, our children who will be in their 80s at that point. Mm-hmm. If a society does not replace its own population, that society will not do well. And what will happen is, in, at, at those times, there won't be there won't be enough people to care for. Again, we're the thinking elderly, about our kids. Yeah. There won't be people. There won't be enough people to care for the elderly. There won't be enough people to support the systems, the social systems. There won't be mm, enough workers place, right. to make food. There won't be enough doctors to care for people. There won't be enough people to manage the facilities. There just will not be enough. And so, why is family? Why, why are we not at a a rate of reproduction that will replace? our own population. Mm. I think you need 2.1 children per household to to have a replacement rate for a population, right? I think in the US, we're somewhere below, like, don't quote me, but we're not at 2.1. We're at 1.9 or something along those lines. In uh, other developed countries that would be traditionally called some of the most advanced countries in the world, they're like well below the replacement Mm -hmm. levels. And you have countries like China, who China has two, what is it, 1.4 billion people. They are projected by the year, I want to say 2050, maybe 2060, to have that number cut in half. Wow. But they did that with the they, Yeah, they're, the they, they're a bit of an anomaly because they had the one-child policy. They had all sorts of tragedies around aborted and murdered young girls because boys were more desired. And they're dealing with that crisis right now in China. China's a mess. But the point is... Can you imagine, just from a from a lifestyle standpoint, just imagine with us, most of the stuff that we get comes from China. These microphones were made, well, these ones were made in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a lot of our goods come from China. Can you imagine if all of a sudden there's no workforce in China? What happens to all the things that we've grown accustomed to mm. having? Yeah. Thankfully, most of our food is still coming from our own country. The point is, is... We're positing this argument that as the family is deconstructed, society crumbles. And what happened in China, again, using that example, they on some level said that that children are not a blessing. Mm. Children are are to be regulated. Children are not, it's not up to the parents to decide the children. Mm. It's not between the parents and the Lord to decide when to have kids. It's up to the, the parents. It's between the, the government and the parents. Mm. And the government has said you can only have one. Well, it's not going to end well. It's not going to go well. Anyway, bit of a rabbit trail, but 
as the family disintegrates, the church dissipates. As the family is deconstructed, society crumbles. And it doesn't happen overnight. But mm. the point is, is that the seeds we sow today, if you want to be revolutionary, and this is the whole premise of this talk, if you want to be revolutionary, just raise your children, love your spouse according to the word of God, and do so faithfully. Yes. What did you say? Stand. <laughs> Stay at your post. Stay at your post. Stand guard. Do Stay the thing yes. faithfully. Yes. Yes. Um, and that that is that in itself is a revolutionary act. Yeah, we're called as disciples of Christ to live as gospel outposts. Uh, I love you wrote this. I think as sojourners in foreign lands, making disciples of every nation. Uh, we see that in the Great Commission, starting with our own children. Uh, in First John two fifteen through seventeen, I just mm. want to read the scripture. It says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the mm. world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires mm. of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides mm. forever." James, um, in James, he talks in similar terms. He says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? In other mm. words, if you're a friend of the world, you are an enemy of God. If we as Christians are internalizing mm. the narrative of the world, we are saying to the world, so far as your opinion differs from the Lord, we are your friend and we are an enemy of God. Mm. And friends, that is that will not go well. We cannot live as if this life is only dependent on us, the here and now. We cannot live as if God does not exist. We cannot live that way. That is not reality. And people can try to make all sorts of rational arguments, but if you follow any argument down the the various, take it to its nth degree, it will always end in a big, fat question mark. And frankly, it will always end in God must be real. (laughs) And we're just saying that this is the case for family. Mm -hmm. And so if we align ourselves with with what God has said, I think we are aligning ourselves for a revolution. The, for a revolution, and we are aligning ourselves as a friend of God. Yeah. And you know, if that means that we're enemies of the world, and so be it. Because mm. you know what, this life, our life, is not long for this world, mm-hmm. but our life is long for the hands of a loving God. And may mm. we live as if that's the actual case. Right. Mm. And may we be imitators to our children of this. Right. As parents. Mm. Uh, Ephesians 5, 1 talks about be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Mm. So again, knowing who we are, knowing that we are children of God, imitating him even when we don't feel like it. (laughs) I'm just thinking of how many times we're trying to manage the emotions of our children, manage their desires. And God so loves us even when we Mm. can't even manage our own desires and, and how he is a loving father. And I can trust him in the ways of, even though I'm, I might not be feeling it, I can still imitate God's love to my yeah. children in this way of, we are following God's God's word. These are what God's people do. This is what God's mm-hmm. people do. And we are going to do that. And we're going to be imitators of that, even if I don't feel it, even if it doesn't, it's not what I want to do right now. I'm still going to do yeah. what God says I need to do because that is obedience and that is modeling Christ. This I'm going to show you. Yeah through death to myself and life in Christ, this is how we are going to be obedient. And I don't necessarily, I don't think like we're going to start a revolution. I'm just like, we're just staying at our post and living the life that God has called us to. And that by the very nature, like what a beautiful purpose that God has brought to the family. It's not just for our good and for our enjoyment, but it's also for the flourishing of society. It's for the the glory of God. 
it's bigger than us. It's so much bigger it's than bigger us. It's bigger than us. So um, be encouraged, listener, and watcher. <laughs> and if you're with us and you're thinking, okay, I get it. I need to live according to God's word. What does that even mean? Uh, you know what? You're in luck because that's exactly why we're here. <laughs> we're here to walk that journey with you. We yeah. we are parents ourselves. We have young children. We've been married 18 years. We talk about marriage. We talk about parenting all within the ministries that God has allowed us to uh, to steward. And that's why we're here. So if you're looking for parenting resources, just go to fierceparenting.com. There's all sorts of articles there. We have uh, some free resources, eBooks, things like that. But more than that, just continue Mm -hmm. showing up. Mm -hmm. Learn with us. Let's learn alongside each other. If you have a question, ask us somehow in the comments and uh, you can get on our website, find a way to ask a question. Yeah. Um, And we are going to walk alongside you in that because... uh, we think this is what the church needs. This mm. is what families need. They need yeah. to be encouraged to just stay at their post, to walk um, to walk according to the ways of the Lord, yeah. trusting that our faithfulness will produce fruit, yes. even if it's in years and generations to come. Yes. So why don't you pray us out? So. God, thank you so much for uh, the gift that it is to be a parent. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, just bring clarity, discernment mm. uh, for the waters that we are swimming in, in this culture and society that we live in today. God, may we, mm. may your words, may your truth, may your goodness, may you be the reason that we make decisions, that we live for every breath that we are given, God. May we glorify you in mm. our actions, our words, our thoughts. Thank you for transforming us by your grace, moment to moment, Lord. We love you. We trust you. Uh, grow our children to love you. Call them to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this episode of Fierce Parenting is... In the can. See you again in seven days. So until then... Stay fierce. Stay fierce.